Hey guys, uh, we have a stripped down show today. No intro, no outro, no music. Uh, the amazing team at Redbird Media Group right here in Maine. Uh, they're taking a well-deserved break uh, and they're the ones that make our show sound um, so awesome. So, all right, uh, enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. Today is going to be a free-flowing conversation with just me and my co-conspirator, Kellen Wellborn. Kellen, it is good to see you. Yeah, man. Good to see you too. So let's just, you know, let's catch up a little bit. I feel like, so we've had a lot of shows with awesome guests, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but we haven't just, you know, we haven't uh, shot the breeze, just you and I here. Yeah. I want to ask you about um, your, like how, so how do you handle your emotions? Mm. Because we don't have the kickboxing studio anymore which no. you used to really unleash some pain <laughs> on those those bags so you don't have that i don't know about the peloton situation i'm afraid to ask because i know that that's, <laughs> well, that's a, that's a, little, a touchy yeah. subject for you i'm not killing it on the exercise front for my mental health which i okay you know here's here's how i look at my mental health is i <laughs> it's definitely in question but it's more um i find the things that are unhealthy for me, I can really feel physically, like in the sense of news information that is just, I can't do anything about. So I tend to right. not engage. There is stuff that I feel I can do for certain things. and I try to take care of that, but I am all about, um, old travel shows at the moment. Nice. Um, things that I don't have to use any brain, nothing dark, nothing like that. I even have to worry. No shows with, sick kids or you know real political issues like all the stuff i'm watching right now is just mush brain stuff and that's fine yeah we need to do better on our tv because my 15 year old sage has decided that gray's anatomy is her new show and there's oh like God, 47 yeah. seasons of gray's anatomy everybody dies in that show well right <laughs> and every time we watch a show it's like some other character is getting cancer or dying of yeah. cancer or some other trauma or like and it's like, okay, I've kind of, I, I, I've watched it with her, but now I'm just like, all right, we got to get back to Amazing Race yes. or something else lighter. Um, yeah, it's uh, early on in my cancer journey when everyone was, I was home alone a lot. And that was when I did a lot of my perseverating and not in a good way. Ooh, and, I find, and I do find, and I do find, I know, right? <laughs> we get fancy here with the words. Um, <laughs> so, but. The perseveration is not great <laughs> for me. Um, and I find myself doing that a little bit more these days. And also with the change of season, that tends to do it as well. Yeah. So I'm trying to go to the tools in the toolbox. Um, mostly exercise. Um, I have a trainer, a bike in the house now that I yeah. try to like at least like get my blood flowing really good yeah. for 20 or 30 minutes a day at least. Um, and then... Uh, the other tools, uh, my counselor, I just reached out to her today. I'm like, hey, um, Patty. What, let's get back. <laughs> yeah, in the, what, let's get back in the, the thing. What do you have? Yeah, yeah. What do you have for a for a session for me? Um, all right. So today I do want to get to a couple topics. We are going to talk about Chadwick Bozeman. This is something we haven't talked about yet on the podcast. And then right. I want to talk a little bit about uh, how boys are raised in the United States of America. I was a boy raised in the United States of America. What? You are raising one in yep. the USA. Um, so we're going to get into that a little bit. But first, let's talk about Chadwick Boseman. 
So should we state first that we're recording this in mid-October? So at this point in our recording, he's been passed now for probably about a month. Right. Um, and so we have been kind of staying away from the topic with our guests because it feels, you know, topical, but also, you know, our guests usually come to the table to talk about specific matters. And so it felt like it was maybe a little bit of a stray, but is definitely right. part of your community. Yeah, absolutely. So for those who might not know, Chadwick Boseman was a is a you know huge actor, uh, big time superhero actor um, in the Marvel universe. Now I don't know. See, I'm not one of these Do you Marvel need me guys. To update you on some of the Marvel. Yeah, stuff? I don't. I don't. I'm not a Marvel person. So I'm going to let Kellen sort of. Yeah, Kellen, go ahead and describe sort of his role in that stuff. Well, I definitely think that his role was not just a Marvel, you know, being, even though that was a part of his, the universe that he played, but because he was the first African-American to play such a large piece in those roles, because Black Panther had never come on screen um, in that way. And also Mm. he was a feature story. It wasn't Black Panther as, you know, a supporting role in the Avengers film, although that is where he first appeared um, in one of those, but he also, you know, (laughs) it was its own franchise and it was the first time that that community had really seen the ability of it to be a full, you know, I mean, it was directed by minorities, you know, obviously most minority cast, you know, it was just an amazing feat, especially since we should have had this done a long time ago. Right. And then prior to that, just a super well-regarded human being and actor in lots of, uh, in lots of groundbreaking films, um, I believe he portrayed uh, Jackie Robinson. Yep, yep. I th- yeah, and, and he's done quite a few roles that are, you know, either autobiographical or fictional of predominant black characters that have really strong storylines and character balance, and you know, not just a stereotype of any kind. Yeah. So all of a sudden, we we get the news. All of a sudden, I hear on my news feed that Chadwick Boseman has passed away. This was, I think, a little maybe more than a month ago um, at age 43 after fighting stage four colorectal cancer for at least a couple of years. I think you get three years, I think. Yeah, three plus years. And I mean, obviously that hit home immediately. I'm 43 years old. I was diagnosed a couple years ago and, and I'm fighting stage four colorectal cancer just like this individual so... I mean, it was like, wow, um, sent a shockwave through the, you know, it's that we call it the CRC community, those folks who have colorectal cancer or are impacted by it. And, and just sort of the, I mean, the first, the first wave of emotion that kind of came out of the CRC community was just, was just mourning and yeah. just a really intense grief Yeah, because, you know, people, they, people don't know these celebrities as as humans or as friends but they know them as these larger than life people yeah it's also a real gut punch when somebody that you feel probably has all the resources at their disposal still can't come out on the other side in a way that you're hoping for yourself or you know if you're that was there yeah yeah so that was one of the undercurrents was like wow like if this person who probably had access to the best care has been killed by this disease that so that was a tough one um so so grief uh, just lots of grief and, and this mourning and this sense of, um, and then just really like, you know, care, like care for this individual that has gone through this thing that, that many of us 
are still going through and many of us have, have passed from in that community. Um, and so I guess I just want to say, as I'm thinking about it here, as someone who has walked a similar path to this person that, that I don't know, but obviously look up to, and a lot of people as well look up to that person, I just want to express, you know, honor him, to honor him for, I mean, look what this guy was able to do in these years in his life when he's facing this yeah. this thing that ultimately took his life. He, wow, he defined his life with these amaz- this amazing storytelling, groundbreaking roles for not only in himself, his family, but the entire black community. Yeah. Amazing. He really got to dictate his narrative, which I think is... Especially, I mean, I can't relate to the narrative that you have with being a cancer survivor and patient, but it does seem like sometimes that takes over your narrative in an identity way. And he really, I think that you mentioned this to me privately Mm -hmm. before, where that, you know, people within certain communities were feeling that he should have spoken out during his cancer treatment. And we discussed this where I thought, you know, if you can really take a personal thing and make the narrative so that you can keep an identity because especially he who was being looked at from the black community to be a a moment of strength and, and real idealism, then I I, I think that's pretty amazing. Absolutely amazing. I mean, I just, the courage and the, the, the physical and emotional courage that it took for him to go through that while he was making those films and doing his work is just astounding. And those of us who have been through chemo, been, you know, been through treatment, been through surgeries, we understand that, what it takes. And for him to do what he did during that is amazing. So to your point about, so there was one, there was this other undercurrent here, which was, well, Chadwick Boseman should have been a, an advocate. He should have been speaking out and, and then more people would have gotten screened and he he could have really had a huge impact had he used his voice in that way. And my initial reaction, and it is still my reaction, is fuck that. He doesn't owe shit to anybody. <laughs> no, nobody, you know, like nobody who is going th- through that type of struggle owes shit to anybody. You can be an advocate if you want to be. You don't have to be if you don't want to be. Exactly. Like... You have no obligation as a cancer patient, uh, even if you're a celebrity, to to advocate in any way. The only responsibility you have is to yourself and your family and to honor those decisions that you yeah. make as an individual person. Like It's not his job or obligation to be out there in society as a champion for C- CRC while he's going through it. I, and I know I said this to you before that he was, it was this contrast of identity moments where he was being an advocate for the minorities and for the black community as being Black Panther and all the roles that he was predominantly in and had this large microphone to speak from. And that was the moment that he was choosing to capitalize on it as it should have been. You know, like that was, I, that moment is its own. Yes, He doesn't absolutely. have to be an advocate for everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, and I, and I guess I, you know, I get fired up about this because... <laughs> because of what I just said, but I, I understand, I, I really do. I understand the the wish of people in the CRC community, in the larger cancer community to have more celebrities come out yeah. and, and, and spread awareness and, and talk about what they're going through, especially people who, who have the disease. Yeah. Right. 
So I, I get that. But again, the bottom line for me is just fundamental, the fundamental choice that you have as an individual, no matter what you're facing, no matter what health situation you're going through, that fundamental choice that you have to be private, to be public, to handle it in whatever way makes sense for you. And I'm not going to pretend to get in Chadwick Boseman's head. Like there's a lot of people talking about, well, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe he just wanted that moment. Like you just talked about to stand for itself. Maybe he didn't want people to be like, oh, wow, look at the cancer guy. He's also a superhero. Right. This is all, of course, us presuming that we have any thought process on what he was trying to accomplish. Yeah, I mean, it it is not like we know him personally or can assume what he was trying to achieve. Who knows? Maybe he just didn't want to even deal with the conversation about cancer. Right. It had nothing, you know. Totally. And and more power to him for that. It's a little bit uncomfortable for me to even talk about the subject of him and cancer because I don't want to feel like I'm taking advantage of anyone's passing yeah. or being yeah. exploita- exploitative. Uh, I think I just botched that word, but that word um, at all about that situation. But but Chadwick, Chadwick Bozeman in his passing from colon cancer at age 43, of course that's going to have an impact on, on people out there in the world. Yeah. There, uh, there's an uptick in screenings. There's an uptick in uh, talk about the disease. You know, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month in October, mm-hmm. which, which it rightfully so it's a great month there's there's pink everywhere but chadwick bozeman's passing is an opportunity for people to talk about another cancer that's this cancer crc that is on the rise in young people and it's especially yeah. on the rise in young people who are uh minorities yeah no it's i think it's and that's why we chose to talk about it a little bit was that it is something we hadn't discussed but knew you know, was part of the conversation, especially within your community. And so we felt like we had to touch on it. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm open to other thoughts on this. That's, these are our opinions around people's sort of obligations or lack of obligations around having cancer. Um, So yeah, I'd I'd love to hear. So if if you're listening out there and you have thoughts on it, you know, you can always find, find us on social media. You can email me directly, Trevor at manuptocancer.com. Like send me in your thoughts. Um, I, on Chadwick Bozeman, I just say fly high Chadwick, um, fly high and, and rest in peace and, and love and just love and best wishes to you and your family. All right. We're going to move on. We are moving on to a discussion around raising boys. Um, because one of the fundamental pieces of man up to cancer is this idea that we're kind of at a generational shift. Yeah. We are at this place where these definitions, the definition of masculinity, what is it? The differences between boys and girls, men and women, what gender, what, what, what is that? Like we were taught and we were raised in this, um, in this way where it it wasn't okay to express emotions, to be vulnerable, to cry, to show sadness, to show anything less than strength was to not be masculine. And part of the message of Man Up to Cancer is that that's a very outdated, um, that's an outdated way of being, um, not just for men going through cancer, but for men in general. Yeah. So, Kellen, <laughs> save me from my ramblings. <laughs> Talk to me about this idea of gender, especially as you, how old is your son now? Six. So I have a six-year-old boy. Um, I also have a 12-year-old daughter. So I, I do think that my son is in a pretty sweet place because he's got an older sister who is 
so accepting of him <laughs> in a way that sometimes I'm just like, I've even told her like, you can hit him. You're not going to get in trouble. Like, cause, cause she's <laughs> sometimes he's just so aggressive with her and like, I, you know, she'll come to us and, you know, I think she's afraid she's going to get in trouble if she gets physical with him. And right. I'm like, no, I don't like mm. you can, you can do it, man. You're bigger than him. Like just, just go for it. Raising a boy currently, you know, it's, it's a really interesting place to be, um, especially with the idea of, and rightfully so, I feel that gender doesn't really dictate how you can communicate your feelings. It also doesn't dictate like where you might be in 20 years and how you feel about sexuality, gender, you know, any of it really. Like you, it's an evolving thing. You know, you probably went through moments in your life where you were trying to figure out your identity as it related to your gender. Right. And, and if it, if that was important, like, do I do this because I'm a man or do I do this because I'm Trevor and I like to do this? Like, and how does it, (laughs) how does it relate? And, and do I have to worry about peer pressure being judged on a specific thing? Um, I, I do think that that's getting better. Um, but again, I, you know, I'm looking at it from a parenting standpoint, not from living it. What you just talked about with evaluating, uh, behaviors or or choices and thinking, um, about living up to being a man in this culture Mm -hmm. or living up to being myself as just an individual, regardless of gender, that very much, I, that resonates a lot with me ever since my earliest memories. Yeah. That filter or thinking, would other boys do this? And then would other men do that? That has definitely applied or has applied pretty much daily in my life. Yeah. I think that I noticed, you know, um, I've noticed my kids have different uh, checks and balances for themselves of things that they feel are appropriate. And they're not put on them by my husband and I, because we are both very, um, I would like to think, think of as ourselves as progressive. Like, you know, we don't really have very set standards for how they should be dependent on their gender right. or sexuality, but like get that skirt on and get yeah. those jeans on. <laughs> Come on. Oh, my daughter will <clears throat> not wear dresses. Like she is not in that game. Oh yeah. Same. Um, so yeah, she's, but I think that, um, it's been interesting without putting that on them, the things that are innate, the things that are just there, for instance, it seems like my son is very much, he really needs some type of physical interaction to normalize a behavior for himself. Like I can Mm. see that a day cannot go by where he can't physically get like pushed or push somebody or like he needs some kind of physical contact like that. That is almost an aggressive contact Mm -hmm. to um, get through a day and feel balanced. It's, you know, it's just there. I was, I have always been the same way. Whereas my daughter, she can't go through a day without a physical interaction, but her physical interaction is like, she'll just come and smush her body against me for like Mm. a hug or, you know, like it's a very different. And Quinn is also very affectionate, but he also needs to wrestle and he needs to get that physical and that is a mental health thing for him it really is that's yeah absolutely and it's good that you recognize that i mean when i was growing up i felt a lot of shame around my feelings Mm -hmm. um i was a very sensitive kid and tended to 
I, I would cry, you know. Yeah. And even though I was, I've said this before. And I, sensitive was used as a weapon. If somebody said like, oh, you're so right, sensitive. Right, right. Yeah. And, and I was lucky because my parents in my household, that emotion was embraced. It was okay. You know, and then the it was world a, beat you down. Well, right. It was yeah. okay for me to cry in private. It was okay for me to cry in the household. Like, and that was great. What a release that I had there. But outside of it, yeah. I would get, you know, I would get upset about something and, and start the tears. And then that's immediately when your peers come around you to be like, you know, stop being such a pussy, you know, I stop, still cry- think that <laughs> stop ex- crying. I think that still exists to a level. Sure. I don't think that has totally gone away. No, definitely not. Yeah. Um, I just, right. I think that based on gender is an interesting yes. yeah. uh, phenomenon, right? So, so I think trying to hide my sensitivity or trying to not expose that became like a, a very much a theme in my, trying to be on the outside Someone that I wasn't necessarily on the inside. But you know what's interesting about there, that is that there's that contradictory nature of what you're saying where if it's almost all the same as like if you're a woman, you can't be aggressive or use a tone that is at all assertive without being called a bitch. Totally. Where it's so, but a man can do that all day. But we can be sensitive or right. we can show sensitivity and that we're not judged for that. So it's like this, th- there's, there's just, no winning is no there? That, like, right like, exactly <laughs> in the 80s as yeah. a boy our role models were athletes right so just these larger than life indomitable yeah. figures they you know these athletes who were gods essentially and um and then also you know these fictional characters including wrestlers like right. the hulk hogans and, and like you know there was there was always a right and a wrong. Everything was binary when you're right. growing up as a, as a yeah. kid in the '80s. Like, there's good, bad, right, wrong. You know, strong, weak. You know, the the there there's just not room for complexity for a boy in that. Right, era. which I think one of the things that's actually kind of been a positive out of what people are calling cancel cancel oh cancel cult, culture culture. There you go. Um, <laughs> is that there's fallibility. That people are seeing that no celebrity or no person that you've held up to a certain standard is at all going to be perfect. You know, like, I mean, there are, there's a tiny few that you're holding out going, please don't disappoint me. But like, (laughs) but if anything, it's really shown that like you, you talking about, you know, certain celebrities and certain people of your era that you really looked up to. And it's because we weren't seeing full rounded pictures of human nature. And now we are one of the things that that helps define a child are toys yeah or the things that you play with the things that are given to you are in culture or around you that you interact with for fantasy right and so for me um those things were gi joe um he-man uh action figures Star Wars. So for boys in the eighties, mm-hmm. the you had the you had those toys and and that vibe. Whereas the girls that I, you know, so third grade, I'm bringing in my GI Joes to school, and and the girls in our class are bringing in their um, Cabbage Patch Kid dolls, right? right. These very yep. mat- maternal. Uh, you're supposed right. you know take care of your dolls, right? And and that was you know so marketing and advertising and the toys that are right. around kids. I it was wanna, very gender specific. Very, very gender specific. Yeah. I want to think things have changed somewhat, but I, I don't, seeing out what's out there and what's advertised, it doesn't look like much has changed. 
Yeah, it's been interesting. There's been small, slight differences, I would say. Like, for instance, I see in the marketing, there's more of a pull to have both genders represented within a commercial, but we're still playing hard on those pinks and blues, man. Right. Like, I mean, we're still, but, but, you know, for instance, stores like Target, they took out all the marketing that said girls, toys, boys, toys. Like, they're, I mean, again, it's still pretty clear in the sense of it's not like they're, putting them together, but I get categories. Um, my son, you know, he's played with, I would say predominantly more feminine toys than he has played with masculine toys. I think that's partly because he is growing up with an older sister and he just desperately wants to play with her. And so he'll just adapt. I mean, the dude loves calico critters, which I don't know if anybody's familiar with those, but, um, they're small, tiny animals and, and Legos and things like that. And we have a fairly, you know, like all the Spider-Man toys that Quinn's playing with now were Amelia's. Um, so it's very mushed in our house. How do you raise for the individual when the individual is obviously going to be reflecting society, the, the, the pond that he's swimming right. in, yeah, right? Totally. I mean, yeah, it's it. The percentage of nature versus nurture is it's always going to be in play. I think one of the things that's getting lost in the conversation is actually bring, bringing boys into the conversation. I think one of the things that's happening in the culture right now to an extent is boys and men of a certain generation just being talked to instead of being part of the conversation. Um, I guess I just wonder as we move into the future and as there's more openness around gender and and like the kids will talk to me about it you know people being gender fluid and this non-binary stuff i i don't know because i wasn't raised to yeah, understand we old that man. yeah we, we old. yeah I, I wasn't raised to understand that like i remember as like a 10 year old other kids like making fun of someone else for you know crying being and feminine. being being a yeah. feminine like i was behind closed doors but i would join in that 10 year old group of like making fun of that other kid right because because oh, we all face that pressure <laughs> to join in on what you, you want to feel yeah. part of the group so you're saying kid kid trevor was a dick <laughs> oh at, at, at times absolutely <laughs> yeah. at times absolutely yeah. and i think for if we're being honest every single other person that i yeah. know what yeah. was as well because you were gonna be a dick if that meant you were going to get status. Right. And in our, in our evolution and our hierarchy, everyone wants to try to get yeah. status. Yeah. No. And, I, and so I look back on some of those things and I started sticking up for people as I got older and, and realized what the right thing to do was yeah. versus what it was to seek status. But that took up, that was a process. Yeah. And I had to learn that through high school and beyond. There were still things I did in high school and college that I'm not proud of or and things can that I, I ask, said and did. Do you feel like those lessons were learned through experience or learned through your peers around you and if those peers were other boys or did you find that the female counterparts in your group really helped kind of bring out those other edges of yours probably both um exposing myself to more types of men and learning that there that i could be there was a rainbow that I, yes that, that i could be myself and and complex and didn't have to conform to a a certain type yeah um, and, but also definitely having, having female friends for sure. And then also just reading, <laughs> and, I know reading and like learning about like, yeah, yeah. The, you know, learning about these issues and, and, um, just educating it's education for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think that I feel lucky to live in the community we live in. Cause I think that our kids are getting a very good view of 
an experience that they're not seeing because we live in a fairly predominantly white middle class above middle class community so they're not seeing some of the harder issues but they are having the conversations and I you know the teachers are yeah my daughter's in seventh grade and the humanities conversations that she's having right now I I find so heavy because I'm just like, I don't want to know about that right now. Like, (laughs) but but it's amazing. You know, it's amazing that they're doing these things. And yeah. And so I'm, that's where I was headed with that was the, the future, right? How do we tell, how do we talk about boys and girls and men and women and, and are there gender differences and what, what does that mean? And I think things are just going to change as the culture changes. And I'm, and I'm one of these old people that's going to just sit back and watch the young people change it. I think what we're doing here is lending a conversation that is open-ended. We're not saying we have any of the answers. Totally. And we're also saying that what we're trying to explore is that men just do that, explore and understand like it's okay if you don't see yourself fitting in a very specific box that has been told to you by somebody else externally. Oh, exactly. Thank you so much for bringing us out of the weeds there because (laughs) that's the whole point. This talking about gender and how boys are raised, how girls are raised, how we relate to each other based on gender, how we see the world through gender. Like we all do it. We all do it and we're all muddling through it to our own degrees and we all have our own beliefs on it. And I think raising, like you're saying, raising or being raised, one of the things that you can do as a parent, or if you've been raised by, you know, good parents like yourself, that parents only have the, you can only create the guidelines, but the person is the person. Like I'm not creating my children's personality. I'm helping create moral compasses, but they are who they are, you know, not dependent on gender. It's just who they are. I feel like I learn through these conversations. I feel like you teach me a lot about the gender stuff, wading through this gender issue and, and seeing how it, how gender was really manipulating a lot of my own decisions and opinions and um, the things that I would say and act that weren't necessarily reflective of what I really felt or thought. Mm -hmm. And so to be at a place in my life where I'm kind of have that in the rear view mirror, feels really good not that and again not that I don't have the not that I have the answers on any of this but I I feel like with man up to cancer encouraging men just in general to explore and to be open to being more than what society tells you to be is something that I'm really proud of and something that I I am excited to have as part of the message really the core of the message yeah so thank bravo. you for bravo to you sir uh, Bravo to you. Thank you for <laughs> helping me get through this stuff. And uh, all right, we will see you next time. We have we have amazing guests coming up um, this month, I think, uh, or November. You're going to hear from NFL legend Tori Holt is going to join us. And also we have top chef legend Kevin Gillespie coming on the show. Man, we're hitting it hard. I know. Awesome people. I don't know how they agreed to come on, but hey. because you're so pretty. We're just going <laughs> to. Kellen, it's because I just keep delegating more and more to Kellen. All of a sudden, these (laughs) celebrities are coming on. You rock. Thanks so much. See you later.